the Yak Babies. Sex, Presidents, and Sometimes Books. Welcome to Yak Babies, only podcast on the internet sponsored by the Bible for Frogs and God Said Let There Be Flies. My name is Aaron, here my personal pals Dave. Hey boys. We have Brick. Guten Tag. Uh, German Brick. And of course we have from Old Ireland, Old Irish Nico. Uh, hello. Okay, great. Today's topic is, this is like recent-ish news. For the Yak Babies, this is pretty like current events. We usually cover news stories about three years in the past. Uh, so this is still relatively recent. Let's see, this was back in August, no, sorry, earlier September. The poetry editor, or one of the poetry editors for Baron Magazine, whose name is Daniel Rose, tweeted out, the, I'll just read it to you, I have this pull up here, just tweet this out. I wish Post understood that the general population has no interest in what we do, so when we speak, we are speaking only to each other. The delusion that poetry is something powerful is a straight line to all kinds of toxic positivities that are really just are just us lying to ourselves. I don't find this defeatist. Uh, what we do does not have a large social value, so what do you so do what you think is most useful to you without regret or shame. So this caused, you know, a minor stir in the grand scheme of things, but a major stir in poetry role, I suppose. Which is the whole problem. Yeah, which in, which in itself answers the question. Right. Yeah, the story tells itself. And then she was fired. And they, they sort of phrased it as the usual sort of like PR or HR speak of like, we mutually parted ways, but like clearly she got fired. She's pretty sanguine about the whole thing. She seems to, she tweeted later that said something like, you know, what happened is just like consequences of actions. That's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. But it kind of said this conversation of what were people so upset about? Was there any merit to all the furor over this so i wanted to bring this to the babies and see what they say so any thoughts uh, on this gentleman what, how, when you heard this story how'd you react to it? what was your first what was your first sort of thought here i laughed <laughs> yeah <laughs> tell me more i mean it, it doesn't matter right it doesn't most things don't matter but like most writing doesn't matter either right and i think everyone especially you know in the last 15 20 years there's a whole industry of you know, we used to talk about this a lot. We talked about it plenty when we did our, our Lit Mag episode. It's, it's just largely an echo chamber in most of that industry. And most of the money that comes into it comes from its own base. And it just kind of cycles around. You know, it's very rare someone breaks out from those bubbles into broader appeal publishing. And it's also very rare that those breakout peoples kind of overlap with the sort of general population of, of, of books. And I think that is times a million when you talk about poetry, right? Or flash fiction, like these kind of, you know, mostly niche things. I think there's certainly value in poetry as an art, just like there's value in in studio art and whatever else, right? But for every person slopping shit on a on a canvas saying they're Jackson Pollock, there's thirty thousand more that that aren't being successful, while there's also sort of you know, for better or for worse, more more commercialized art that's kind of taken over that space, right? And I think, regardless of, of sort of which arena you're talking about, the people who are really focused and are dedicated into preserving the art of whatever it is, that's sort of like its essential thing, fool themselves into into how much they think the rest of the world cares. And I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing, but I think it's pretty... It's pretty much the way it, the way it is, and I think when people get up, that what what that woman said was was kind of obvious, and it also wasn't that mean, you know. It was it was like this is how it is, but also like still do it. She wasn't saying like give the fuck up and don't write poetry. She's just like take into perspective like what you're actually doing, and it's it's a 
it's a personal expression, right? That's what art is, right? It's more than that, but that's that's kind of essential to good art is some some form of personal expression. I feel like it temporarily at least shattered the illusion that a lot of these people have that there's like a mass audience out there waiting to read their work. You know, like something major happens, something political happens, like all these poets on Twitter predominantly, I guess, are like, well, you know, the world needs our <laughs> the world needs our poetry more than ever now. So sharpen your pencils, guys, and get to yeah. work. And that like that still might be true, right? I mean, there's still a role for poetry to express thoughts and feelings that are tied to the current moment that couldn't be expressed in other media or genre. But it so like I think you're right, Dave. Like it was this sort of sense of and I shouldn't have been surprised, I guess, that people involved in the poetry sphere reacted so poorly to that. But I, I guess I was kind of, I was like, how, how you, if you're, a, and especially if you're a poet, like, aren't you know. supposed to be a careful yeah. observer of human like condition and reality? Like, how can you be a writer <laughs> yeah. and not, and be so deluded about the role of your form? It just seems contradictory to the whole process. Yeah. How can you not know that the only people reading your poetry in these literary magazines is other yeah. poets? If yeah. even that. Yeah, I think she she kind of made a mistake in, for one thing, singling out poetry because really it's all writing. You have an you have it's a, even all writing. It's like all art. Yeah, you have you have a better chance of winning the lottery than you do becoming the next yeah. Amanda Gorman, you know, or or even the next Rupi Kaur. <laughs> there's there's a staggeringly small chance of getting your you know your books read by more than a few hundred people. And, you know, if that happens, that's considered a wild success. You know, there's there's hundreds of thousands of books written a year and maybe a few hundred that sell more than 100,000 copies. So it's just a drop in the bucket. But so I think I think what she did was kind of just not phrase it very carefully because she didn't think it was that offensive and nobody would get angry about it. But like in hindsight, she probably should have said, like, don't write to be read like write for yourself first or whatever the fuck you know uh but i also think that it's it's hilarious that they actually fired her for it because that just proves her point because like they fired her because they don't want their circulation to go down because the only people that read their poetry magazine are poets so that's so then if they get pissed off then then their their whole subscription model is fucked so it's, and even even that's a miscalculation too because the the percentage of people on Twitter is always a, such a small fraction of the actual people who are doing whatever the thing is right. whatever the sort of subculture or subset of yeah. it is. So I'm sure there are readers of Banner or Baron whatever it is um that uh aren't on Twitter and don't give a shit about it. Um and would have happily cuz I mean that wouldn't have phased them in the slightest. It's like these that was the thing I sort of thought of too was like how quickly these sort of Twitter things turn into these like large scale consequences when really that's there. The consequences are disproportionate to the actual incident. Like the people who were affected by what she said, most of them, I guarantee you weren't reading the magazine. They first heard about it from the virality of the tweet and then got involved and started to shake their fist at the magazine or at yeah. her. I mean, there's, there's half a chance that their subscription subscription numbers would have gone up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to see, like, hate read or whatever the the text. But what from like twelve to thirteen? <laughs> yeah, savage. I mean, there's like, there's like in poetry, there's a lot more 
sort of self-importance, I think, that we see then in any other. I mean, yeah, none of it matters, but poets, it feels like more than most other types of artists believe that it matters. Yeah. Yep. As a yep. group and the form itself, I mean, more than... Yeah, I think, I mean, if you just look around the world, like lowercase p poetry is everywhere and is, is kind of important to just what humans do, right? But capital P poetry fell out of favor 120 years ago. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> In the past, it was different. Right. And no one care. It's like, it's only a serious art form to, to people who take it as a serious art form. Like, how many people... Even the, you know, I, I think, and I, I'll include myself in this list, like that Amanda Gorman, the thing she wrote, at the, the, she's the one that wrote the, read the poem at the election, right? The inauguration. I mean, the, the inauguration. Yeah. It was a beautiful poem. It was great, right? Ever heard of her before? Decided I need to get serious into reading more poetry after? N- no. And I don't, I don't think that's true of most people, right? I, I think in that moment, it was appreciated and it was nice and it made that moment better. But so would a nice song. You I mean, know, it, and enough people are going to read her poetry now that her she has a career. Yeah, like, yeah. Just from that, like, so that is, it's exponentially more than, like, you might not read it, but that that still, like, she is probably the most influential poet. Right, and that happens once every four to ten years in a in a flash. Mm-hmm. Right, and that and that's it. There's the the pool of people have very little. Of, of substance to aspire to, right? Like you were saying, Nico, it's just, it's the, the, it's infinitesimally small. And honestly, most of the country doesn't fucking care. Most of the world, I don't think it cares really, right? Because they still get the lowercase p from lots of things, right? Poetry has essentially become commercialized music, right? That's, that's where that moved to. And that's, that's fine, right? But that form of expression has evolved. And I think, it's just some people don't want it to, right? And that's not, it's just, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't seem surprising to me that there's not a lot of appetite for it. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, the one surprising thing, I guess, is that, or the, the one thing that's maybe sort of the outlier here is the popularity of Instagram poetry. And there was, it seems to have kind of faded out now, but for a while there, about two, maybe three years ago, kind of right before the rise of TikTok, really, when Instagram still was kind of the dominant social media platform. It seemed like Rupi Kaur and and sort of all the other lessers or, or equal tos, whatever you want to call it, the Tyler Knight Gregsons of the world had a moment. And it's and my students were talking about poetry and wanted to write about it in class in a way they'd never had before and never have since. Write about it or write it. Write about it because this is like a not a creative writing class. It's like a you know expository writing class. Uh, they wanted to they wanted to write about why is Rupi Kaur so important and like why are these poems so meaningful that kind of thing and it's, that's totally faded away no one's talking about Rupi Kaur anymore in my classes and no one's really talking about her in the world at large we I mentioned this in a text thread I'm shocked still that there was not some Netflix Amazon Prime TV show that gobbled her up they really should have uh because it would have been an easy thing to make a bunch of money off of and I can't believe they didn't I would have loved to see the just the dumpster fire of a TV show that they would have turned mm-hmm. their <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who knows what it would have looked like, but it I mean, it seems like a guaranteed moneymaker, but now it's gone. It was it was so brief, right? So poetry did kind of flourish again and then went right away. In order to be read and be cared about, they had to become what like condescendingly inspirational and gimmicky. 
to appeal to the idiotic culture. Right, because it didn't flourish. It's, it's sold. And they're, they're, those aren't the same thing, yeah. right? So it's easy to find poetry literally anywhere. Right. Like, go to a, a store and walk into the women's shirt section, and you'll find a bunch of shirts with some really nice-sounding, like, rhyming poem lines on them. Go to the dollar store, and there's all those shitty little wooden things you hang in. The, there's inspirational poems everywhere easy to find it still exists in daily life for a lot of people but very few people read those and attach any sort of of meaning to them outside of a fleeting thought of like oh that's a reminder to be happy right oh i love my grandchildren you know and that's that's sort of the extent of almost all of the of the serious attention that that poems with a capital p get right because it's hard work mm-hmm. reading a poem's hard work no one wants to do it because what do you get out of it i mean that right? yes but right there's a lot to get out of it but you have to want to get it and that's why that pool is so small right there's a lot to get there's not a lot of people that are reading super hard short stories either really dense things you know there's more because that circle is 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 larger i think the you know the the creative writing circle and the aspirational novelists and 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 writers and stuff but it's still it's the same thing it shouldn't be surprising like it's okay to like those things it's okay to love those things it's okay to dedicate your life doing that and to work hard and there is value in poetry but does it actually matter not any more than anything else yeah, and wouldn't it be cool, though, if it were otherwise? I mean, it would be great to live in a culture where poetry matters or where, like like we talked about last time, like short fiction matters if it's not, you know, turned into a TV series. Yeah, I mean, I think poetry does matter, though. I think if you ask most people, like, what's the most important thing in your life? A huge number of people would say music, right? And that's not just the the instrumentation, right? I think the lyricism and the words and, and the, the things people put into into poems it scratches the same itch for humans right and i think so it's it's there right that that's the lowercase p it's the you know it's the same thing as like if i had had a giant if i had a giant record collection right i sent a thing out like no one gives a fuck about vinyl records right it's true right but that doesn't mean you can't collect them right it's 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 sort of it's become this this niche literary art form and it, it that's fine but to be indignant when someone says like, this is what it is. It just seems strange. I mean, I think that I would say in that analogy, it's more like someone saying like, people don't care about jazz anymore. And it's like, yeah, jazz has sort of become a non-mainstream. It's, it's become classical music right. to an extent in the sense that it is now like studied and, and done in the Academy, not done in, in popular performance. Right. Except for rare exceptions. I think the big issue here, at least in my thinking, seems to be presentation and accessibility, right? Um, the way you get poetry. It's like you're saying, Brick, that when it comes in this form of music, yeah, you're totally right. That's where we, people sort of get that kind of poetic expression in a lot of their daily lives. But to like go back to Dave's question too, like, or Dave's, Dave's thought about, you know, this could happen in short fiction as well. It's where do people get short fiction? They get it in The New Yorker, maybe, if they're reading The New Yorker. And like, where else is it? Sometimes there's those citywide... Twitter. I guess... Kind of, uh, but when people, I feel like when people have tried to sort of tell, use Twitter for fiction, it has always kind of sucked, right? Yep. Except for jokes, I guess. But the, the there's no vehicles or mechanisms for it. Like there's no like where do you get this stuff? And and I guess like film and TV would be your sort of short fiction fiction options, right? It's like things that are sort of easy to access. Radio, podcasts. yeah, podcasts yeah. maybe not Probably really fiction. Podcasts. 
it seems like yeah, sure, like short fiction, like short stories now are more of like a a way for writers to get to be known by agents, publishers, etc., rather than actually readers, you know. And then like once you have a right. like a short story collection, then you your novel, you know, you'll have somewhere to sell your novel, basically. So the question becomes like if the audience is not in print, if this is a medium question, and audience is just not in print, the audience is in, in video and mm-hmm. in music, like should should aspiring writers aspire to write their fiction and poetry in those mediums instead? Like should we would you is it stupid to try to become a short story writer in print? We could just like find readers, quote unquote readers. Making, making videos? Yes, it's stupid. But I think like people that don't that do that like just don't have don't have those skills, like like I mean it's just not transferable to write a novel versus writing a uh, you know versus directing a movie you know it's it's not the same skill and I don't think that that you know I I don't think poets couldn't necessarily write songs, uh, and if they could i think yeah it's probably would be a better better way to <laughs> to get more people maybe part part of the disillusionment dave was talking about is not so much that the form has lost favor and the form doesn't matter but also like what the people that were mad about are literally writing themselves doesn't matter right so most poets aren't actually poets they're people that want to write poetry just like most authors are not serious authors they're people that are like cramming out and there's a, probably a conversation to be had there or not about whether you're you're actually an author or not i don't mean to sound super elitist but i think there's a lot i imagine a big majority of the circle of people on there in that sort of echo chamber of anger were not people who have decided to make mm. a go a career in poetry right but i think that some of that some of that indignation comes from that that sort of feeling of hope, right? Like when you when you want to write, you want to think that you have a chance to be a good writer, right? And when you want to write poetry, you want to think that like my my poem could matter, right? But well, that's the I mean, going back to Aaron, your question, I don't think it's stupid at all to work in those forms. Uh, what I think is that it's delusional to believe that it's got this mass appeal that they seem to think mass appeal and mass importance. Right, they're going to yep. touch the lives of millions yep. by writing a short story. Probably right. not true. Yes, like, you know, I remember uh, when the news broke that kids were being kept in cages on the border. And that's a particular incident where I remember all these poets on Twitter saying, you know, like, guys, we got we to get our poetry out there now. It's just that's not what people are turning to. Yeah, which is, is right. just exactly what she was saying yeah. in that tweet, which is right. write, it, write it for you <laughs> and not for other people. I don't know. I think we should bring her on as a fifth yak still. I mean, if five people turn to it, then great. That's, I mean, cool, do it, but don't. I mean, it's the aggrandizement that... I mean, I would guess that, like, to, to just to play devil's advocate, that, like, poets would say that the numbers aren't what's important to them that it's you know about connecting to people and even if they only connect to a few people then that's fine which can also be true but it's it's also means that you're not you're basically talking to other poets that those two things can both be true yeah no i think that's that's the important point um is that i do think it's important to to write for the audience and to yeah write for yourself obviously certainly um but also part of the i mean the reason that i want to write or have always wanted to write is because I wanted someone to read it. 
and to react to it and to feel something, right? Who isn't me? So if I'm going to write without an audience, then I don't necessarily want to do that. But I'm also not going to lie to myself about the potential impact for that writing. It's like we talk about athletes, right? You know, the, every high school ace quarterback has a smaller chance of becoming an ace quarterback in college, right? Who has an even smaller chance of becoming an ace quarterback in the NFL. Mm. Like the, the chances are just like diminishingly small. And the same is true of writing. Like if you're like the best poet in your local community, that's pretty good, but you probably are going to stay there. <laughs> you know, you it's probably, it's probably never going to go beyond that. <laughs> probably just give up on your dreams. <laughs> you're doing way better than everyone than most people who are trying poetry right. are if you are known in your community as a poet it's never not never but like the chances of being the like you said earlier the amanda gorman or the rupee cower or whoever is just so small that it's not it shouldn't be your goal i do think that there's probably a lesson in that for poets and probably all writers that like we're almost implicitly dividing between popular poets and difficult poets. And mm. that there's I, like brick, what you were saying is, is that, you know, quote unquote, real poetry takes a lot of work to get, to get anything out of. And that's kind of, you know, I would say the general consensus is that, you know, if you can read a poem, it's going to be dense. It's going to be like, you're going to need to, figure out metaphors and all kinds of shit. And the ones that are the most widely read and the most popular are the Tyler Nockrexons and the Ruby Cowers who have no density. Yeah. Snack so food. There, and there is there is yeah. room between those. Like you don't have to be be on one pole or the other. And like I mean the first person that would come to my mind is Bob Dylan, who is won the Nobel Prize for Literature. And does not have a lot of, you know, you don't have to work very hard to understand what his poems are about or what his songs are about. But you have to work harder than to understand a Rupi Kaur poem, certainly. I don't know if you do. It's not, there's not a, there's I think not so. a ton, but there's not a ton of, you know, and maybe there is kind of layers to it, but there is a surface layer where it's like, yep, this is what this, this song is about. Like, I, I can tell, I can sing the refrain. You know what I mean? More so than, you know, your average, uh, I don't poetry journal poem that might be. Yeah, but I think if you take a Rupi Kaur poem where it's like, it, it is just all on the surface, like there is no subtlety. And compare it to the experience of like trying to parse the lyrics of Visions of Joanna, it's a different experience. Like you're trying to, there's much more to attend to in a Dylan song. I see what you're saying, and you're, you're not but wrong. But on the spectrum like of Rupi Kaur to, you know, a really dense poet, uh, Bob Dylan yeah, to Bob like John Dylan Ashbery. is like in the middle. Like, yeah. There is a middle ground. Totally. And yeah, and this, I want to actually fly this for another episode because this is actually a good topic for a whole episode, which is middle brow. Like, do we need middle brow when it comes to this kind of stuff? And I think the answer is yes, that there's not a thriving middle brow of poetry. And that's maybe part of the problem. Let's pull this one in the barn before it gets too crazy. <laughs> Listeners, you just cut that out. Listeners, <laughs> tell us uh, your experience of poetry. Does poetry matter to you? <laughs> Uh, did you get involved in this Twitter foo and call for Daniel Rose's firing? And if so, uh, tell us why and come on the podcast. We can shame you. Uh, <laughs> did we get involved in it? 
<laughs> or if you're, what's your, did we have anything to say? Yeah, we should have, we should have gotten the fray. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at yakbabies, and you can also email us yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com with your thoughts on these topics and others. Rate and review us somewhere where we can do that. No one listens outside of this, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should do a podcasting doesn't matter. We're just, we're just <laughs> okay, podcasting. Quick, quick quote, who votes to vote Rick out of the podcast for saying that? <laughs> that it's real teams in a loose letter <laughs> like bricking the podcast of parted ways unfortunately you've been you've been terminated it's time to go solo <laughs> yeah also check us out on patreon patreon.com slash jackbabies where we have our bonus podcast there's a ton going on there it's for one dollar a month you can access to a bunch of games and we're talking bro to bro topics and really doing the important work there for sure so check that out and then our merch is at tinyurl.com slash yakbabies where there's t-shirts and posters that are all designed by brick and they're all very funny and cool until then yakbabies yakking off the yak babies would like to thank all their loyal listeners and especially their patrons both past and present including michael bonnie sebastian david roger kathleen bailey andrew and william howard taft oh.